Hello podcast listener, thanks so much for choosing another episode of Reaction by Home Things. Now I won't keep you long, I just wanted to let you know that Home Things is launching into the big old world really, really soon. If you want to be the first in line to receive exclusive discount and you know, be the first to know when we launch, which makes you look pretty cool, just go to our website, it's gethomethings.com and sign up in the box that looks like you should put your email address in it. Okay, back to the show. Enjoy. Reaction. 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 Nice gold dust. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Reaction by Home Things. Today, so opposite me, and if you can view this as well because we're recording it live, is Youth Goodyear. Hello. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? I'm I'm good. It's wet outside. It's so but, wet and rainy. I'm warm on the inside and I'm ready to just get talking. It's storm Jorge. <laughs> Did you know that? Jorge. Is it? Yeah. There's been like five storms in a row. It's I like, know. What's happening? And you know that everyone's up in arms because apparently this should be called Storm Ellen. This is how exciting (laughs) my life is. But the Spanish named it, so it's Jorge. And everyone is pissed. (laughs) People are pissed off with Jorge. And like, it's George. I love it. I love it, man. We need more names. I want Storm Mohammed, yo. (laughs) Come on, yo. Let's take this great. Oh, my God. Do you know what? It just all needs to be very diverse and very inclusive. Absolutely. I love that. So, youth, you are BBC presenter, music creator, business founder, depop leader, but before we get into all those really cool things, mm-hmm. I want to know your bonkers bits of the week. Ooh, did okay. you think about it? I did think about it. And you only <laughs> gave me an hour, but I was like, at first I was like, what I've been doing is working the whole week. And then I was like, no, I did do some cool stuff. So tell me. I have my MacBook here. Okay. And I know that this is a podcast and y'all can't see this. Okay, we'll try and describe. But I got a... Um, I went to a, a rave in South London, Fun. and I got to meet uh, one of my just one of the best musicians in underground culture, who's Goldie. Oh I my met, gosh, amazing! And when I met him, he was giving out these stickers of his face. <laughs> so his face is basically <laughs> eyes wide open, mouth wide open, gold teeth, <laughs> and looking like he's just. I don't even know. Like someone's done something really naughty to him. <laughs> oh my god, so I absolutely love that. I stuck it on my on my MacBook. And I've also got my friend's sticker, the London Vagabond Makes Me Horny, which is my uh, my, so my friend's brand. And do you know what we'll do at the end? Photos. We'll take a picture with you with the MacBook. With and Goldie? With Goldie. Can we tag Goldie? We can tag him. Maybe we should get him on the show. I think yo, tweet he'd, him. He's down, he's down, yo. <laughs> he's down. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Well, mine is not anywhere near as fun or as edgy or as cool as that. Mine is something that I saw the other day, like a fact. So I have this facts app. Please tell me. Which is very useful. Did you know that in 2016, Mozart sold more CDs than Beyonce? In 2016? Yeah, people were still buying CDs in 2016, which is the first shocking wow. fact, to be honest. And second of all, Mozart. That's incredible. It I think is. I think it's because all the people who listen to Mozart are generally older, the demographic, and those people are more likely to buy CDs. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. not yeah, necessarily yeah. that he sold more, more music, but he sold yeah, more yeah. CDs. That's still crazy, though. It's crazy to have people it buy is. CDs. It's like, wow. Do you like Mozart? Uh, yeah, I don't listen to too much classical. I listen, <laughs> listen to a lot of like traditional jazz. I Mozart oh, is dope though. My God, I love jazz music so yeah. much. Literally every night when I get home, I'm like, God, I live such a good life. I'm gonna send to you. My jazz. I'm, I'm gonna send you some new jazz. <gasps> do you have you ever listened to the Blazo album? Blazo. No. Okay, I'll we'll do it. We'll do an okay. album off for jazz. Oh my God, <laughs> okay. I love that. I love how this has evolved so quickly. Like BFFs, <laughs> love it. <laughs> so youth. <coughs> apart from your, apart from your horrible cough. Introduce yeah. yourself. So I did a little bit of a quick intro, but you tell me, who are you? 
What's your name? Where'd you come from? Very Scylla Black, blind date. Give me a top line. <laughs> Miss Scylla Black. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my name is Youth Goodyear or Youth ID. I am everything that you said. I'm a BBC <laughs> presenter, a TV show um, with Fiona Short. Um, that's called Dead Stuck. We're working on some other stuff with BBC. Shh. So exciting. Shh, don't tell him. Oh my God, this uh, is <laughs> Um, I also make music on the Youth ID, um, and what else do I sell? Vintage clothes and high vintage clothes, designer clothes, sportswear, travel the world finding clothes, um, and yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Those three things: music, clothing, and TV. BBC. So just a little bit, just a little just, bit of just stuff. A of things. Just a little thing. Keep me busy. <laughs> keeps you busy. Keeps you out of trouble. <laughs> so the Youth Club store, right? <laughs> Your, that is your the brand. store on Depop, your yeah. brand. Let's call it the brand, yeah. Mm, it's they... got over 100,000 followers on That's Depop. Right. Yeah, I was yeah, checking yeah, it out yeah. yesterday and I was envious and uh, scared. <laughs> what did, what inspired you to start that journey? Like, when did that journey start? When did you decide that something you want to do? Was it just like something you did as a passion project or did you wake up one day like, actually, <laughs> I want to start a business and this is what I want to do? So I was living in London at the time. It's like maybe four years ago. And... Um, I always thought selling clothes was super cool. One of my ex-girlfriends, um, her baby sister, sold clothes on Depop. I always knew about Depop. It was still early in the days. And I was like, man, that's just cool, man. Imagine just like buying clothes, modeling them in the mirror, shopping, selling them for more money, and going to buy more clothes, and traveling with it. I'm like, that is a cool lifestyle. <laughs> the dream life. And, yeah, and I think I just literally manifested it so much and visualized it so much, it started to become a reality. So when I was in Thailand, I was living in Thailand at the time, traveling. That's awesome. It was good. I had a good time. Um, I'd go to like all these warehouses just full of just kind of rubbish, basically. What people would conceive as rubbish. And I'd find out treats, you know, one in every 200 items. And then by the time I'd had like 150, 200 items, came back to England, worked in my bar job, Blah, blah, blah. I got my friend in Thailand to send all the clothes back. Wow. The first 200 pieces, I sold all of them and just reinvested. And I think I was so inspired at the time as well because I was working a job that I wasn't really interested in. Mm. So I was like, this is my way out for now. Like, I can make money. I remember selling my first item and just thinking, this really works. Like, people really <laughs> buy things for more that was than easy. you bought it. I was like, <laughs> I am going to really just... <laughs> Go ham. <laughs> that is so oh, voilà. true. And do you think, why do you think that is? Like, what do you think the fascination was? I guess maybe then versus now. Like, when you went to Thailand and you were looking, were you just looking for items that were good enough quality to sell? Was there, like, a, a style behind it? You're like, I want to make a brand from this? Or was it literally, like, I'm just going to see what, what sticks, basically? Well, first of all, the reason I started was because I was bored. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wasn't... As all good ideas come from. Yeah, I, I was just there. Like, nothing was really going on. I was having fun, yeah. But I was having to stay in the same place, so... I was kind of like just, yeah, just really bored. So from there, I decided I was going to, um, you know, start thrifting. And like my, the taste is really what sets the brand as its own identity. Yeah. Because it's like what I'm into. Um, so, and I guess what I, what I am into is vintage, 90s, quality, brands, you know, things that have cultural identity like Tommy Hilfiger, Ralph Lauren, Stone Island, yeah. um, stuff like that. Amazing. So it really comes for myself. That's really cool. So I guess that's that's good to know that obviously what you sell is probably stuff that you would wear. Mm. And like that comes from a truth of you being like, actually, this stuff is cool. And I think other people will find it cool too. Why do you think 
especially in today's culture in 2020 that like thrifting and secondhand clothing has had such like a revival and like you know resale is, is lifted up like depop the fact that you've got 100,000 followers on like a resale platform it's not even new clothing 110 110 sorry oh my god actually i think it's 112 <laughs> it is about 112 I think it's 112 yeah. i haven't checked you it. know i've done some research oh, wow as of this morning it was 112 <laughs> why do you think that's become like so popular do you think it's just like a cultural thing do you think it's a shift in <coughs> behaviors or what do you think mm. it is um i think there's a, a no, like a number of factors why um First of all, thrifting, people finding the clothes has become um, a big, um, you know, a new thing. Not a new thing, but bigger than ever. And also yeah. why people buy in secondhand. I think, first of all, people like to shop and people like unique things. I think that, um, you know, if you're shopping on Top Street and uh, River Island. Top Street. Uh, top, I don't even know what they call Top Shop. See, I don't even know. I. This is a testament to the fact I don't know. These brands. I absolutely love. If, if she <laughs> top street and river shop street. river shop <laughs> top street. Okay, let's start. Okay, Dad. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Um, if you're shopping on High Street, you're fed, force fed. These are the three options for this season which you can wear. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're shopping vintage, yeah, you're looking at you know basically like up to a hundred years worth of clothing. So you're really picking out what you like as opposed to being force fed. Take these options, and I think that. That's one part. Also, in terms of um, people are more conscious than ever. Yeah. Than ever. It's because we've got access, like so much access to the internet, people posting up things, you know, there's um, media's being decentralized. Yeah. Before we were also force fed radio and TV. Now that's kind of obsolete in a way. And it's about YouTube and Twitter and Instagram and, you know, TikTok and whatever else is going on. Oh, so gosh, TikTok. I think it's just. Um, consciousness and I think it's people wanting more people always wanting more like how can we do better that's what it's about being a human like sit down and like how can I do this better yeah 100% yeah. totally agree and I think that's you're right I think in general the kind of upcycling culture is having a revival because people are becoming more aware so not just in clothes but like in all areas I think there's mm. a mindset now if you can reuse something and if that's designed for a reuse purpose then that maybe has got slightly more appeal and I guess yeah. it's it's a real contrast to especially in our kind of generation of you know the millennials and having a real throwaway culture yeah 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 and absolutely I mean it just this is just a complete opinion piece but I guess why do you think that we have been so hardwired and I think it's really really hard to unpick that you always need something new because that's something I've definitely struggled yeah, with. Is yeah. like this this weird societal pressure that I must buy new, and actually yeah. that you know that mindset that we've been fed to is realistically what's adding and contributing to the environmental shebang yeah. <laughs> that we're facing right now. Um, I think they for, for people that struggle with that, it's difficult for me to say because I on one hand I'd say I never really felt that, but with yeah, I never really felt that honestly. So Jealous. it's difficult for me to, <laughs> it's difficult it's difficult for me to say I never really felt like I needed something new. I always needed something dope. Yeah. Like I needed something dope. Um but I've been you know, I've been shopping vintage for like fifteen years now or something. Oh, yeah, about fifteen years now. So it's kinda like I kinda grew up with shopping vintage. Like as soon as I was sixteen, I was shopping sec six sixteen, seventeen, I was shopping second hand. So I never really had time to kind of live that culture mm. but i guess it's just um i guess it's also who you're who you who are your peers who do you look everyone has people they look up to to some degree right like whether it's i don't know um you know someone of love island or whether it's like 
a recording artist and FK Twigs, uh, whoever else. And I think it's like, what are these people doing? And, and you know, a lot of the a lot of the celebrity kind of TV culture, it's sponsored by these fast fashion yeah. brands, and it's kind of this perpetual cycle where you end up investing in this thing just because you like the person but you don't necessarily like the product and exactly. you're convinced to think that you need something new all the time yeah whereas i believe in buying something quality that's going to last absolutely and i know. think that's a nice that's a nice mindset and it's interesting that you never felt that kind of pressure because i think especially looking at gen z in particular and maybe a little bit the end of millennials yeah is I don't know, I guess maybe traditionally, and I feel it a little bit less so. I was almost a little bit similar to you in like on the back wave of when I was like 16, 17, 18, mm-hmm. especially at uni when I did a fashion degree, thinking that, and it was more a money thing, thinking that buying secondhand and vintage and going charity shop shopping and then styling yeah. it up was like a really cool thing to do. Uh-huh. But I think there still is a bit of a weird association <laughs> and it's maybe actually comes from like British class roots if you think about it of thinking that second hand is like a hand-me-down and it's like means that you don't have money and it's like a real class thing perhaps what like i guess yeah what do you think about that i totally agree of course man i mean like this is something that for you know thousands of years you know second um clothes that aren't or definitely hundreds of years clothes that aren't new are past me downs and it's seen as um you know, a class thing like you don't have the money to do this. Mm-hmm. Now we're moving slowly into an era, you know, kids that are like 14 now that have been growing up with vintage since they were like 10 and seen it on Instagram and whatever. They're starting to understand that it's not it's not this whole separate thing where it's, um, you know, it's, it's a lower class. Yeah. I, you know, actually a big, you know, um, a dope sweater now. Um, that's vintage, might sell for like 100, 120 pound, 150, I've seen them go for. Yeah. And it's a higher, it's a higher quality. So I think that, I think that with our era, we still kind of hold on to that a little bit. But I think with the the new era, it's it's a whole different thing. Yeah, which is refreshing, mm. I think, and actually yeah. nice to see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the big changes like this take a few generations to kind of seep in. They always do. Definitely. Everything does. But, um, and I guess we're, we're seeing it really fast, I think. Definitely. Mm. So with all the changes that are coming about, something obviously Depop has had such a huge surge. And it's not a specifically new thing, but I think now people are becoming so aware of it and really using that as the destination of place to go, especially people who are more conscious about not buying into fast fashion, not supporting brands like huge conglomerates who actually Mm. are killing off our planet. Another interesting I guess, movement that's happening is the clothes rental service. And it's really kind of... The, a lot of the ones that I follow are really positioning themselves, you know, as they are the environmentally friendly option and, yeah. you know, you're not buying new. What's, I mean, you'd be biased, I guess, if I asked you to pick rental versus resale. But, <laughs> like, what is your view on that? And, like, is it something you think about doing or? Um, well, it's something I do already. I, I already, or we already, as Youth Club Store, we hire Go follow Youth Club Store as well on Instagram. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Little sneaky um, plug. Youth Club Store, yeah. <laughs> Um, we already hired to a lot of musicians. We work with a lot of stylists. I just hired for a BBC film, awesome. which yeah, we're not allowed to talk about yet, um, which comes out maybe this year. Um, Fun. Yeah. So like, I'm already hiring stuff, but in terms of like, um, that's more on, a, on an artist or actor level, but mm. we're talking about a public level. Yeah. I think there's a huge, huge um, space for someone to come in and just sweep that up. Yeah. It was like with Depop. Depop just came at the right time. My friend Simon Beckerman created Depart maybe like seven years ago. Um, he actually made it for 
a magazine that he was selling and when he put the app out there people just started making it their own and selling their own thing and he was like wow this is even bigger than um than his original idea that's so cool so i just think yeah it's just an interesting time i think rentals versus clothes like buying i think we're so conditioned to buy that that's always going to be at the forefront of our mind but i think there's definitely a massive scene for hiring and renting especially with high-end pieces you know chanel pieces for like 600 pounds you can get it for 80 pound or 60 quid or whatever absolutely yeah 100 percent. it's interesting though because i think you're right we are still conditioned to buy and so even though you're buying a more sustainable option you're still really going through that weird endorphin-led process of buying and getting Mm. that satisfaction of like yes i've just bought something new even though it's not new but you know what it's a more sustainable option so let's promote that so talking about people being more sustainable lots of brands like h&m for example and millions of others but they're the only one that i've become really aware of recently are releasing like conscious Mm. collections and (laughs) ranges that they claim are doing xyz and are better Mm -hmm. for the planet because of abc and a lot of kind of return back schemes you know like if you return back a top we'll give you 10 percent off your next purchase etc do you think that big and i'm not talking about like small nice little independent brands i'm talking about like the big (laughs) global brands do you think that them promoting themselves as doing these conscious and sustainable range is a good thing do you think maybe it's a little tad greenwashing do you think some change is better than no change like what's your view on that i think most of the things that you said i think that a lot of it is greenwashing obviously something a bulldozers came into the industry which is like hey we want to buy secondhand clothes and they're like <laughs> oh how, we can't make money off this this can't not happen do you know what i mean so it's like there i was speaking to my friend ed perkin yesterday about this and um, by the way the secondhand clothing industry as a fact is going to double double in three years oh my gosh wow which is like that's just unreal for like um in terms of like progression yeah it's mad um but we yeah, me and ed were talking about this last night and i think that they're just scared and they're finding ways want to make money off it because it's you know they don't in their format at the minute they don't make money off it and number two they feel like they need to be a part of it so there is a lot mm-hmm. of greenwashing going on i mean if you just look into like a lot of the brands that you're talking about you know it's up to us to do our own research and find out what these brands are doing and yes they might be doing something which is slightly more ethical but you know if you're looking at the whole business model it a lot of them are highly highly unethical yeah. and when you this is the thing as well when you purchase something you are investing not just financially but emotionally into and um, politically into something that you believe in mm-hmm. like it's like do you believe in child labor yeah. like do you believe in people getting paid 20p an hour do you believe in people in uh, bangladesh you know with um no human resources and you know 1000 how many people is it that died like a thousand people or something oh my gosh you yeah, know, horrendous you're investing in that when you buy something so it's up to us to be conscious conscious um and you know, I think it's our social responsibility to at least have an understanding. And then if you want to go and buy it, buy it, but have an understanding of what's going on. Yeah, make that educated decision. Because that's, I think, what's interesting as well is we're so, at the moment, kind of bombarded with the kind of climate crisis, but sometimes often people Mm. forget, like you said, the humanitarian crisis that is behind a lot of these huge brands as well and, like, what goes on behind the scenes. And it's really quite a dark, horrible world that if it was exposed, (coughs) you would hope people would make better decisions, but I guess you never know. It's an educational piece. So let's talk about Gen Z a little bit and going back to linking them with the climate crisis. And I guess because they are really 
kind of the the movers and shakers, the leaders of this huge movement. Mm. Why do you think specifically, and I mean, neither of us are Gen Z, RIP, our youth. Um, <laughs> why do you think that it's captured their imagination specifically? I think that Gen Z are most interested in climate change because it's, I think it's affecting them the most. Yeah. You know, someone who's 50 years old, it's, you know, I don't know, it's, not to say that they've lived their life, but you know, when, when you but when you're young and when you you have aspects for the future and they're looking bleak, mm. you know, it's it's on you to make change. It's the young people that are wanting to make change. It always has been through society. You know, you go back a hundred, two hundred years. It's the young people that want to make the change. Yeah. I think that I also think, again, the networking of the internet and us being able to see what's happening and um, you know, see see, see truth. Um, I think that's really important. Not to say that everything on the internet is true, mm. but I think that just the accessibility to see things makes pe- prompts people to think, okay, this is, I don't want to be a part of this or I want to be a part of this or how can we change this? Yeah. Whereas before, it wasn't like that, like even 20 years ago. So do you think that kind of the internet and technology, and I guess maybe technology. because Gen Z have grown up with this technology, so they've grown yeah. up, it's like you said, I can't even remember what that search engine you mentioned was before, but that, to <laughs> us that was like a new thing yeah, and like yeah. it was, we grew up with that, but not from like day one. We weren't born into a technical yeah. world, which now a lot of younger generations are. are. Do you think... And I mean, you kind of touched upon it, but if we expand on it, do you think that the internet and technology, specifically, I guess, technology is helping to lead those conversations and educate people? Or do you think there's a part of it which might be adding to the confusion a little bit as well? Because like you said, not everything you read is true. And a lot of people have very polarizing views yeah. and there's fake news. Like, yeah, yeah. I guess, how do you think technology I has think, a role to play? I think like the internet as it is now, although like, you know, I've been using it for like 15 years or whatever. It's still Legend. very much <laughs> OG, OG. <laughs> um, <laughs> or the, yeah, although I've been using it for a long time and many people have, it's still in its primary years. This is still kindergarten for the, for the internet. This is like, you know, first year of school. Not even first year of school. This is nursery. This is nursery. Internet. Yeah, this is nursery. You still it's play. But you haven't even left the play. hospital. You're let's in, be honest. Yo, you're in the womb, man. <laughs> you're in the womb right now. You're month eight, month eight. Yeah, month eight birth. in the womb. So it's like we're still working this thing out. We've got this huge power which everyone's involved with. Companies want to get in on it. Individuals want to get in on it. The whole world. My grandma has to understand it to be able to speak to us on WhatsApp because that. that is the internet. 100%. Um, so we're all trying to understand this thing. And I think that with that comes, one, a lot of information, two, a lot of confusion, but three, also a lot of um, um, opportunity. So I think that, I think I agree with what you're saying. It's, there is confusion and there is a lot of fake news and I can go and put anything I want out there. And I've even, you know, seen people um, mistakenly you know, um, post something as being this and it's actually not, it's that. Yeah. But I think that generally the fact that everyone can communicate with each other in masses is usually always a really good thing because it brings together communities and communities make change. 100%. Yes, nailed it. Boom, check. <laughs> that was a good punchline at the end. Can we put it at the start? Communities make change. Communities make change. Maybe that should be the, oh, maybe that should be the title of the it, podcast. Yeah, that could, that could run. I mean, I spent time drafting one, but do you know what? <laughs> Fine, let's change it. <laughs> So let's, okay, communities, but let's go back to you. And this is something I heard through the grapevine, e.g. Mm. Tim. He Tim. told me that you are a vegan. 
Yes, mm. correct. I'm vegan. Yeah, that yeah. nice vegan water that you're drinking there right mm, now. So sexy. What? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> little honey. Can you taste the orange? I, I could taste something Little in it. Did you put orange. something in it? Yeah, drugs. Hi, I'm yeah. <laughs> I thought I was so excited. <laughs> you wanted to really pull the truths out of you yeah. and your life. And <laughs> what else do you want to know? <laughs> I'll tell you everything. The BBC documentary yeah. is. <laughs> oh my gosh, imagine. Exact. Jobless. <laughs> That's fine. You can work here. It's all good. So about, and I mean, sometimes I feel like this is a loose tie, but I think I find it interesting on a personal level, mm. especially mm. because I think there is such a huge conversation and it's a very polarizing conversation about mm. diet and sustainability. <laughs> we've mm. all seen documentaries. We've all watched the Netflix shows, which is like meats killing the planet, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And I'm also vegan too, by the way. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to throw shade. Yeah, yeah. But what I do don't. you, why, I guess one, what was your decision in the first place of being a vegan is something you've always done. And two, what are your views on <laughs> kind of more sustainable diets now and do you see veganism, veganism as something that we should all not you know we don't want to ever force feed literally people yeah. to do stuff but do you think that's something that we should be taking note of in terms of the bigger planetarian crisis or yeah. do you think then they're, they're not really linked at all yeah I, th yeah I think they're linked I think first of all how I became vegan was I was living in Birmingham at the time before I moved to London and I just I think when I started delving into myself like spiritually certain things just started to drop out of my life, including people as well. It wasn't just, you know, meat, but people started to drop out of my life. And I think that when you're more in alignment with <clears throat> the truth and your true self, yeah, I think that things, you, you're like a snake, you know what I mean? Like you start, yeah, you're like a snake. You start to shed, no, listen, you start to shed, you start to shed things and you shed people and you shed um, bad habits and things that weren't good for you um when you're more in alignment with yourself and that was what was happening to me so i didn't know why i stopped eating meat until six months after and then i was like well actually i'm gonna stop eating fish as well stop eating fish and i was like what's going on and then i started to research about it um with like dairy and mm. meat the meat industry and i was like wow i had no idea it's funny because i've eaten animals my whole life up until i was like 20 ish 22 but you don't really realize it until you see videos and you do research for yourself and then you're like this is really bad yeah. like i don't want to be a part of this black people were enslaved for hundreds of years treated like animals yeah yeah and now i as a human i'm gonna i'm you know i'm black as well so it's like i'm a, me as a human i'm gonna go and enslave another species animals you know, for my benefit. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's disgusting. I hate it. It yeah. actually, it really frustrates me when I think about it. And especially when I put it in alignment with that, you know, um, my culture and, you know, black people being enslaved for hundreds of years. So it's I think that's a really, really interesting angle, actually. And it's like a really humanist approach to the yeah. situation of just seeing, like, it's like, well, we always have the conversation all the time in terms of race and this podcast is going way off on a tangent, but you know, mm. you see life as life and people yeah, as yeah. people, but yet we are so disjointed from animals yeah, yeah. as life and respecting that as a life, which is so strange because you think within, yeah. you hope, and I mean, there's so many conversations about that, but mm. within humans, we are, you know, oh, I just see people and, you know, yeah. I, I love a person because yeah. they're alive. But yet, like oh, on the class. Oh, don't even get me started <laughs> on that statement exactly <laughs> but yet for an animal who is also a living thing and yeah. has feelings and has emotions yeah, and course. yet we don't apply the same logic to that yeah, it's just yeah. it's odd isn't it I, again, again like you said with secondhand clothing to link it in it takes generations to, for things to change and i think that um there have been certain cultures like uh rastafarian culture mm -hmm. ito culture that they don't eat meat um and 
um, the traditional Ethiopian dish with injera, they don't eat meat. Um, so there's a lot of cultures, independent cultures that don't eat meat. But I think now as a whole society, as like a Western society, now there's uh, veganism is becoming more popular. And yeah. I think that people are just starting to open their eyes. And even if, you know, even just you just walking past a vegan shop every day, you're like, why, why is everyone vegan? Man? I don't really get this. Like you, you stopped eating something and now that's better for you. It doesn't, doesn't make sense. But I think when you research more into it, um, it makes sense. And going back to your question again, with the with the do I think it has an effect on the planet of course it does like mm. it's the number one factor um I think it's like 80 percent the fact um 80 percent of the world's resources um I can't remember the exact fact um are from are destroyed through eating meat particularly beef yeah castle farming yeah, yeah and the rainforest yeah 100 yeah, percent yeah which is crazy and but I feel like do you think do you think people no, because there's so many, I mean, there's so many documentaries now mm. coming out about it. There's so much research. Do you think that, and that people claim to care about the planet, and I guess not everyone mm-hmm. really does, which yeah. is kind of sad. Do you think <laughs> that people hear that and mm. are too stubborn to care or they don't think it will really affect them? Or do you think people just haven't got that knowledge yet? Or, or I, I don't know. I, I, it's, I think it's a weird one, isn't I, it? I think all three. I think there's some people, I have, I have friends in particular that I know, know what's going on but they're either one in denial or two don't really want to change their habits because no one wants to change, man. We're happy getting up in the morning, wearing, wearing our same clothes, going to see our same person, you know, going to, going to the same shop. No one wants to make change, man. Why are we going to do that, man? It's, oh, it's, it's difficult. Leave it, man. It's fine. But in fact, in fact, if we, if we want things to get better, we have to make extreme changes. And that starts with the person you're looking at in the mirror. It starts with yourself. Um, so I think, yeah, so I think everyone has a different angle on it. Um, some people don't have the education, but I think now the, at least the resources are available. And I think most people, you know, in their teens now, yeah. Gen Z, would have bumped into something about veganism at some point. So you don't really have an excuse, man. Like, you just research it, you know, you just type it in on the internet and just make the mind up for yourself. 100%. We are almost out of time. So wow. I just want to do a quick, I know it's, flo- it's literally <laughs> flown by. Flo- I have so many other questions on my list, so furious. If you, if, you, if you want to blast any questions, you can, and I'll give you as short as you can. Be like, boom, 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 boom. Well, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a weird quiz, this or that. And this oh, is yeah, more yeah. of just a fun, okay. lighthearted, let's like pick the pace back up. So, <laughs> And I don't know if you actually have an answer to this, given the coffee that you've just ordered. But okay, number That's one, oat milk or almond milk? Oat milk. I love oat milk. Do I you? love oats as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had oat. <laughs> I, I had oat milk this morning. It was so good. So did I in porridge. Did you? It was an oat overload. Yeah. Oh my god, you're so much oat. oat. I am an oat. <laughs> <laughs> oat to the oath to the oat. <laughs> oh my god, that's your next track. Love it. I'll yeah, feature on it if you want. Yeah, yeah. Back in vocals. <laughs> what is the best item that you've ever discovered thrifting? Wow, the best. Mm, I got a something that comes to mind. I got a a Moschino. 1980s uh, couture dress which featured oh on God. which featured an ab fab Joanna Lumley <gasps> shout stop. out to Joanna Lumley stop, stop oh I love Joanna Lumley please tell me you kept it and it's like a yeah I've, I've gift. got I've got it oh yeah I'll, yeah you can hire it hey. I'll hire it I'll hire it I'll literally pay anything I love ab <laughs> home, fab I home love things Joanna can start, home things can start hiring you we should start hiring. Um, all these ideas. Okay, yeah, that's the best thing. I, I think, think there's loads of things. I think we've tried to hire you. <laughs> uh, vintage bomber jacket or vintage denim jacket? 
Bomber jacket. I'm not really into denim. Denim, denim is dope, but bomber jackets, man. Like, I yeah. think that's more your vibe. Yeah, um, I got a bomber jacket like two weeks ago, Averex, and um, in the pockets of the original MA, is it MA one bomber jackets? They actually feature bu- bullets. <gasps> so there's real bullets in the pockets. Sheesh. And that you can't take out. Well, yeah, yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, just, in, just in case you need to take it out. And, okay, let's stop. Let's <laughs> stop. Whole yeah. I feel like we are going off on a tangent in many, many areas. <laughs> what is, so would you rather have cult brands or one-off pieces? What do you mean by cult brands? As in like Adidas. So like what you're wearing oh, yeah, now, yeah. would you rather have like a branded piece or would just like a random kind of, oh, it's vintage? No, I'm, I'm into... I think, yeah, I'm into vintage, man. I'm into just one-off things. I'm like, wow, I've never seen that before. Love that. Yeah. And finally, what's the weirdest thing you've ever bought? Uh, vintage. It can be either. Vintage or new. Oh, weirdest thing I've ever bought. Mm. A ticket to this podcast. I think <laughs> second after a ticket to this podcast. <laughs> I bought some pretty weird stuff. I buy a lot of... um. I buy a lot of like ladies dress, ladies nineteen sixties and nineteen seventies ladies dresses, which I don't know. It's not really that weird, but I guess it's something that people wouldn't expect me to buy. Yeah, I'm building I think that's like nice. building the seventies collection. So in twenty years, when everyone's like, "We've got no seventies clothes, man. We need to hire some stuff," and I'm like, like I'm your boy. <laughs> Welcome to my wardrobe. Show me the check, baby." <laughs> <laughs> so, how can people find you? Where can they go? Where can they stalk you? Where can they find your BBC show? Um, yeah, they can stalk me as much as they like. Send me a message. I respond to everything. My Instagram is at youth. My name's youth. Youth underscore dot ID. Um, that's an Instagram. Um, youthgoodyear at gmail.com. Um, oh, emails. For, for Love be- that. Yeah, Dropping in the emails. Bu- business, darling. <laughs> um, <laughs> and also youth club store. Youth club store. Um, on Instagram, on Depop, whatever, man. Just hit me up. And yeah, man, let's connect, man. I'm all about connecting, you know. I just want to connect with that. everyone. Let's talk. Let's chill. Only good people, though. I want to come back on this podcast as well. Come back. Come okay. back. Maybe we can do a coat. Maybe we should just do a sub show. A sub show. I yeah. feel like that would be. Yeah, I'm down with that, yo. Fun. I'm we'll down. Talk, we'll talk. We'll talk okay. off air. We'll talk off air. We have been Get Underscore Home Things. Thank you very much for listening. And you, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, darling. You're amazing. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to another episode. If you've got to the end, give yourself a pat on the back. That's pretty impressive. If you enjoyed the show, we would really, really love it if you could leave us a five-star review, no lower, otherwise you're disqualified, and write a lovely little comment and share the podcast with your friends. We're a new show. We really want to get out there, and we want to tell the world all about what we do. So do us a little favor, help us out, and in return, come cash in a big old hug. Thanks so much.